Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. I am here talking about health, nutrition, fitness, alternatives to drugs and surgeries. And today, I know I'm a few days late, but heart health. Heart health month was February. I had planned to talk about this last week, but scheduling conflicts uh, abound in my life sometimes. And uh, so today I'm talking about heart health on Vitality Radio. If you're new to Vitality Radio, my name's Jared St. Clair. I have a long history of talking about these types of topics. This show's been on for nine years now. It's hard to believe. And what I try to do is get you help to steer you through some of the smoke screens of the things that you'll read in mainstream media about your health. Today is a great example of that. There's an organization called the American Heart Association that knows virtually nothing about heart health and yet claims to be the greatest organization on earth when it comes to educating us on the very topic. So it's an interesting thing. I say virtually nothing, and I'm being probably a little bit overboard. They know a lot about heart health. What they actually teach us about heart health, however, is often wrong. I talked about that uh, maybe six months ago during one of my morning rants. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the American Heart Association, where they have things wrong. We're going to talk about licensed dietitians and what they're being taught, and then unfortunately, oftentimes regurgitating to the public. We're going to talk about a lot of that kind of stuff today. We're also going to discuss uh, some things that frustrated me this week. Now, oftentimes, well, pretty much every show, I'll do a morning rant, and today will be no different. But normally it comes from a uh, article that I've read, some sort of a news story that's come out that has frustrated me because it's misinformation being uh, published. You know that uh, we hear a lot about fake news nowadays and politics. That's all the rage, right? Fake news, fake news. And some people say it is and some people say it isn't. And regardless, the truth of the matter is. There's a lot of fake news out there one way or the other. And one of the places, if not the place where I find it the most, is the news regarding your health. So I'm going to talk about misconceptions that people have. I'm going to talk about three examples of people that I met this week uh, that uh, didn't that were misguided, let's say, in their health and uh, how frustrating that became for me. I got literally angry uh, and uh, followed by sad uh, after a couple of these conversations, and one of them just absolutely perplexed me. So we'll get into all that. Vitality Radio brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South 500 West. You can call us anytime, 801-292-6662. On Saturdays, we open up right after the show ends at 10 o'clock, and uh, the phone is available for you to call if you have questions about anything you've heard on the show. You can always join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash vitalityradio. And we now have a pretty new website. It's been out for just a few months called vitalitynutrition.com. 
and lots of recipes, lots of information, great stuff updated every single month on VitalityNutrition.com. So please uh, jump in there and check it out. Uh, Vitality Nutrition, you know, we've been there now over 40 years. I started working there when I was literally a little boy, about seven years old. And now my son works for me. So we're in our third generation. I was uh, laughing and joking with my two oldest kids about uh, their grandpa, St. Clair, and some of the funny things he used to say and do uh, when he was with us. The, one of the best things he did, though, was start that little shop, Vitality Nutrition, uh, 40 years ago. And I am so grateful for the opportunity that I have to talk about the things I've learned over the last 40 years with you, my listeners here on Vitality Radio. All right, we have a couple of announcements. Once I get through the announcements, we're going to jump straight into the morning rant. And once the rant is done, um, I'm going to give you a little bonus rant at the beginning of our topic when we get into that heart health subject. But who should be listening today? Well, Clearly, I think everybody that has ears should be listening to Vitality Radio, but really people that are concerned about heart health, people that have a family history of heart conditions, uh, people who have a heart because it is still the biggest killer in this country, heart disease. Uh, you know, you hear about the big C, cancer, and how scary it is, and it is. It's an awful, awful thing. And as many varieties of cancer as there are and as many lives as it takes, it still doesn't trump heart disease. And so heart disease is a big deal, and we do need to pay a little bit more attention to it. And in terms of prevention, there are so many amazing things you can do to take care of your heart so long as you're not spending too much time reading about it on the American Heart Association's website or Mayo Clinic's website. I'll give you examples of that during the uh, second bonus rant. Uh, But as far as announcements go today, a few things. We want to congratulate one of our listeners, Donna McKnight. She won the uh, Vitality Radio and Facebook uh, gift basket that was donated to us by our good friends at Flora. And uh, it's a great gift basket, all having to do with heart health. She was uh, really excited to win that. And uh, I think it was $150, $160 worth of stuff. So uh, keep listening. On a monthly basis, we're going to be giving away these gift baskets uh, to our dedicated listeners and customers at Vitality Nutrition. Congratulations to Donna. Uh, In conjunction with that giveaway, Flora is also offering us a discount for our listeners of 15 to 30% off everything in their line. They have some of the best stuff. Their elderberry syrup is is my favorite. It's called Sambu. If you're worried about the crud that's going around this year, and my word is there a lot of crud going on, and you're concerned because you're reading the headlines that say the flu shot's only 10% effective this year and you're worried about viruses, elderberry, one of the greatest things that you can do as a natural uh, fighter of viruses is out there. And Sambu is a fantastic uh, product that uh, we we have on sale right now for uh, buy one, get one half price. As part of this uh, deal that we're doing, we also have Udo's oil. You've heard Udo on Vitality Radio before. I got to get him on again. It's been way too long talking about omega 3s, 6s, uh, and 9s. And we are going to hit omega 3s in uh, quite a bit of detail later in the show during that heart health talk. Okay, so enough with promotional stuff, enough with all that talk. It's time for me to get a couple things off my chest. It's time for the morning rant.
In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Yeah, okay, so the rant today is interesting. It's kind of uh, two-pronged, I guess you could say. I believe and have believed for, well, as long as I can remember, that one of the biggest problems with modern medicine right now is that it has a central focus on pharmaceuticals and uh, other types of interventions, whether they be surgical or procedural, and uh, not so much on nutrition. Now, I believe that there is not a doctor out there in this world that could claim otherwise. That does not mean that some doctors have not taken a taken it upon themselves to educate people in a much more thorough way about their health. However, I believe that is the uh, that is not the norm. That is the exception rather than the rule. And I have some really great examples of just that that walked into Vitality Nutrition. Now, I do tell stories about people that I meet at Vitality. I never throw out their names. And uh, one of the people that I met this week is a regular listener of the show. So uh, this might sound familiar, but uh, what we're doing, what I, what I want to do with the rant today is talk about a combination of things. Our need as individuals to stop just doing as we're told. Now, I talk about this a lot on Vitality Radio, and I'm going to continue to talk about it, and that is that we do way too much following the herd when it comes to our health and or following the experts. Now, what makes an expert? Is it a medical degree? Is it someone who writes on a website? Is it someone who speaks on the radio? What makes an expert? I I talk all the time to people in kind of a joking way and say, you know, what's interesting about being on the radio is that I'm automatically an expert. And I laugh about that, but it's maybe not so funny, right? I mean, what makes me an expert? Is it because I have a microphone in front of me for an hour on Saturdays? Is it because I have some long list of degrees or I have initials after my name? No. None of that stuff matters a whole heck of a lot. Really, the education's a big deal, right? But where does the education come from? Who funds the education? Who's writing the textbooks and so on and so forth? Now, whether or not you consider me an expert is really neither here nor there. The question is, do you blindly follow the things that I tell you to do? And if you do, I would ask you to stop. Don't do that. Research it. Figure it out for yourself. Get at least a second opinion, if not a third or a fourth. Try and figure this stuff out. Now, at some point, you may find that you're very comfortable with the recommendations that I make because maybe you've followed a couple of them and they've worked out for you. Maybe a family member or a friend has told you that I actually know what I'm talking about. Whatever. But regardless, you've got to figure some of this stuff out for yourself. Case in point, a gentleman comes in to Vitality this week. And he says, I'm, he actually spoke with my son, Bridger, and he says, I'm, I'm, I have stomach pain, pretty much constant stomach pain. It hurts all the time, particularly when I eat. So uh, I'm looking for something to help me with that. I've been reading a little bit online about some things. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing a bunch. I wasn't even involved in the conversation. So this is kind of secondhand. And Bridger did what we always do and started quizzing him and asking him, you know, okay, well, what, you know, what types of things bother you? Thinking, well, maybe, you know, some digestive enzymes might help or some uh, things for uh, uh, 
you know, indigestion or things like that. And it turns out that this gentleman has been using ibuprofen for his stomach pain for a long time, years, I think. And yet now that doesn't seem to be working. Now, if you have spent much time at all educating yourself on stomach pain or ibuprofen, you may understand that there's a real flaw in uh, what has just occurred in this gentleman's life. And that is that we don't take ibuprofen for stomach pain, right? Ibuprofen uh, eventually erodes the stomach uh, lining and can create ulcers and all kinds of things. And while it can help with pain in the short term, it certainly doesn't help with any of the issues that are causing said pain, particularly in the stomach or intestinal tract. So big mistake right there. Well, ibuprofen marketed as what? A pain reliever. So this person has pain. He takes ibuprofen thinking, well, this is good for pain. And then what? It works. So he thinks everything's okay. Well, uh, we need to spend a little more time. I've got another example of this coming in just a second. A little more time trying to figure stuff out before we just jump and do things because it's convenient. And unfortunately, we live in a world where instant gratification is a big deal, right? And we want results right now. That's a big deal. And so if we do something and it works, even if it's not the right thing for our health, we may just continue to do that. So what does stomach pain actually signify? Does it signify a deficiency in ibuprofen? Does it even signify inflammation? Yeah, probably some inflammation with stomach pain. Not always, at least not always instantly, but there's probably going to be inflammation in most places where there is pain uh, uh, happening. But what does stomach pain signify? It signifies something wrong with the digestive tract. So there are a variety of things, even pharmaceutically, that could have been done that probably would have been a better idea than ibuprofen. But if you want to go with the core belief that I share with so many people, we need to try and figure out the what is happening, not the what is the symptom because of what is happening. In other words, looking at the cause and not the symptom. So digestive enzymes, probiotics, uh, looking at what you're eating, that would be number one, right? Is there certain things that are being put into your mouth that are causing a higher level of discomfort or pain? So that's example number one, just doing the easy thing to try and get out of pain uh, and then probably creating long-term bigger problems because of that. And acids would be another thing that would have made a lot of sense, probably certainly more than ibuprofen that doesn't, that yet don't necessarily address the actual problem that is existing. Okay, another person I talked to on the phone this week, and this one really bothered me. A lot of emotional dis, uh, upset uh, with this individual and uh, de- dealing with chronic pain and dealing with chronic depression since she was uh, just a teenager, now about my age. Chronic depression is and anxiety, two of the most debilitating things that can happen to humankind, in my opinion. I've dealt with a lot of people that deal with it. I personally have never experienced either uh, in chronic amounts. I've certainly had my fair share of anxiety and stress over the years, but never on a chronic level. And I can't relate. I can't completely empathize with people who deal with it, but I certainly have seen enough of it to sympathize and recognize that it is an awful thing to deal with. So what the, the questions that I always ask 
first when somebody comes to me and asks for uh, for help or suggestions, uh, things that might help them with their the, the things that they're dealing with. I first ask, well, what is your doctor doing? What, what's being recommended? Are you using any kind of medical you know, interventions, any kind of pharmaceuticals, things like that? Uh, because that's the most important thing to figure out first is what's already being done. And, of course, if there are things being done, is it safe to introduce other things, make changes, things like that, which always has to be something that is discussed between you and your medical professional. So that's the first thing. Then the next thing I'll usually ask is what else are you doing? Uh, is there any, are there any nutritional things that you've tried, any dietary changes, any type of therapy, you know, whatever? What else is out there that uh, has been in your world over the last, in this case, nearly 30 years that you have tried to help with this problem that you're experiencing? And this individual said, well, not really anything. I've just done what my doctors told me. So, she mentioned a couple of pharmaceuticals that she was on that I'd never heard of. Now, there are a lot of pharmaceuticals, and I don't claim to be an expert in that field, and I certainly have not heard of probably most of them. However, when it comes to anxiety and depression medications, they're so common now in this country that I feel like I've heard of most of the biggies, and I'd never heard of either one of these. So I had to do a little search and try and figure out what they were, and they're, they're relatively rarely used kind of last option type drugs, as from what I could tell, for people that are dealing with severe anxiety and depression issues like that. And what she then said to me was what made me so sad. She said, you know, I've tried so many different things over the years, so many different drugs for this, and um, I'm now on these just recently. One of them I've been on for about four weeks, one of them I've been on for about seven weeks, and the, the, the one seems to be keeping me out of the hospital. And I didn't understand that. And then I went on to find out that uh, there were suicidal thoughts and things like that. And over the last couple of weeks on Vitality Radio, I've talked about that and the concern that I have with these drugs actually creating some of those thoughts or at least making them worse. And uh, so clearly this individual is in, in significant need of help. And when I asked, you know, had there been anything else done? Has your doctor recommended anything else other than pharmaceuticals? She basically said, no, uh, he, you know, we try one, it works for a while, and then it stops working. Then we try another one, it works for a while, and then it stops working. Sometimes we'll try two or three different things at once, and eventually they just all seem to stop working, even though at some point a lot of them have helped. And I, it always brings me back to something that uh, somebody told me years ago that's sort of a simplified way of looking at this, but nobody has a Prozac deficiency, right? Nobody has a Zoloft deficiency. Nobody has a Lexapro deficiency. I won't even mention the drugs that this individual is on. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the names in front of me or committed to memory like I do those other three. There are no deficiencies in those things. Now, of course, that's a simplified way of looking at things because we use those things because we believe maybe there is a deficiency that they can help with. In the case of drugs called SSRIs, which are uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, we're trying to keep more serotonin cycling in the blood, right? And that is based on the belief that, well, if you're depressed, you're dealing with low serotonin levels. But why? Why are we dealing with low serotonin levels? Is that a question that is 
often asked during a uh, interview with a patient? And the answer, of course, unfortunately, is no, it's not. So this is where I say we live in this amazing age. We live in the information age, right? And we also live in the misinformation age. And so there is a little bit of digging that needs to be done. You do need to come to some consensus. During my second rant today, I'll talk about the misinformation train that rides out of the station every day and uh, where it can lead us. So there, what I hope that you find with Vitality Radio is an alternative viewpoint, not necessarily from someone that you have to consider an expert and not necessarily even a viewpoint that you have to agree with, but at least that you understand now that there is an alternative view that maybe, perhaps, what you've been hearing all this time, and I'm going to talk a lot about that again in the next rant, might not be true. Maybe there's something else out there that we ought to be looking at and researching. And then, just figure it out for yourself. Uh, it might sound simple, and it's not as simple as that, but at least look at both sides of the coin and try and figure out what can be helpful for you. The last story is of a gentleman who it, I just absolutely felt for. such a, a, a wonderful person. I could tell that just sitting across the table from him. And he said that uh, he'd been dealing with stuff for over a decade chronic anxiety and that it had been, you know, hellish, I believe was the term that he had used. And uh, that he had also been on this kind of roulette wheel of different pharmaceuticals and that he was frustrated. He said, I'm so frustrated with what's happened over the years and that I've just kind of willingly gone along with this. And here I am years later and I'm not any better off than I was. And now he finds himself trying to detox from a benzo. And benzos, boy, I've talked about that on Vitality Radio as well. They're nasty. And detoxing from them is nasty. And yet uh, it must be done at some point if you want to get clean from those and try and figure things out on your own. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned specifically, he said, you know, had I rec- recognized it like, Cognitive behavioral therapy would have been useful. I would have done that, uh, you know, instead of drugs or at least along with and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I want to impress upon you today on Vitality Radio is just recognition that there are other options out there, that we need to look at these things. And we have before us these amazing smartphones in almost everybody's hand where we can research a lot, we can find out tons of information. We can actually determine for ourselves the right course of action. And absolutely, there's still trial and error. But to just go in and take one recommendation and run with it until it stops working, take another recommendation and run with it, or just willy-nilly run into the pharmacy and grab something for pain when our stomach hurts, there's a better way. Education is the key, and you need to take it upon yourself to figure these things out for your family and recognize that it ultimately it is not the guy on the radio. It's not the woman who writes the blog post. It's not your doctor 
These are all tools that can be extremely useful, but it is you who gets to make the final decision on what's best for your health, and that means you require the education to make that decision. So that's the rant for today. I'm going to jump to a break. When I come back, we're going to spend a half an hour talking about your heart, how you can make it healthy for the long haul, what you can do if you feel like you're concerned that uh, it isn't as healthy as it needs to be, and certainly the things you can do to prevent any bad stuff from happening down the road. We'll talk about misconceptions. We'll talk about deficiencies and a whole lot more when we come back. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is, that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. It's gorgeous today. The sun is shining through partly cloudy skies right now. It's getting a little gray. It'll be ominous later, I'm sure. It's 9.31 on a Saturday morning, and I've got about 28 minutes now to talk about heart, health, and... uh, it's, it's an interesting topic. You know, we have a whole month dedicated to heart health in this country, and it is actually last month, February. Yeah, I'm on this a little late. But that's okay, because the information's still valid. We're going to talk about a variety of different things, but the first thing we're going to do is a little bonus rant. Uh, so I'm going to get into that in just a minute. Of course, Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah, at 801-292-6662. That's where you can call us if you have any questions. Bountiful, uh, boy, that store's been there for 40 years, and uh, still one of my most favorite things to do to do is just sit in there and talk to people about their health. I love more than just about anything else, uh, talking to you, someone who's actually listened to me on the radio and uh, getting to uh, introduce myself to you. It's so much fun. So please come see me. In fact, I'll be there today uh, pretty much all day after about 11, 1130 uh, at Vitality until we close at 7. If you have any questions about anything you ever hear on the show, you call us at 801-292-6662. 
And of course, if you live outside of the area, that's okay. We take phone calls. We can do stuff through the mail. We can do stuff through the internet and so on. You can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio. And check out our new website. It's vitalitynutrition.com. I mentioned before the last, uh, before the start of the show, and I'll mention it one more time, we've got a ridiculous deal on uh, some protein that we have. 27 more days to sell. It is a isolated whey protein meaning there's no lactose, there's no casein. It's the least likely whey protein to upset uh, your digestive system. It tastes great, and uh, it's usually one of the most expensive proteins we sell. But we're doing a buy one, get one free because they are short on their date, so our loss is your gain. And then on top of that, we're giving you a free bottle, $40 worth of branched-chain amino acids in a capsule. That's 130 bucks worth of stuff for 45 bucks. So if you're into protein, working out uh, branched-chain aminos and so on. You better check that out at Vitality right now. Okay, so bonus rant. Here it comes. We're talking about heart health, as I mentioned. And boy, oh boy, is there some interesting stuff out there about heart health. Now, back in the 60s, that's a little before I was here. I was born back in 72. There were some studies done that were considered groundbreaking. Um, They were not the best studies that we've ever seen. But back in the 60s, you know, there weren't the kind of studies that we have now. Things have progressed a lot in science. And uh, yet the American Heart Association, the AHA, they're still basing their recommendations on stuff that was done 60 years ago-ish. And uh, so, well, let's just talk. Let's go right off of their website, the American Heart Association website. Here it says, Eat an overall healthy dietary pattern that emphasizes the following. A variety of fruits and vegetables. Ding. That's a good one. Whole grains. Mm. Low-fat dairy products. Right. Skinless poultry and fish, because we know the skin on the poultry and fish is uh, absolutely guaranteed to cause a heart attack. Nuts and legumes. Non-tropical vegetable oils, because tropical vegetable oils are high in what? Saturated fat. Now, limit saturated fat, they say. Limit trans fat, sodium, red meat. Now, I need to go back two steps. Let's get back from red meat, back from sodium, go to trans fat. And remember that it was the American Heart Association that told us that margarine was good for you. Better than butter. It's made out of vegetable oil and not ha- does not have saturated fat. Oh, crap, it has trans fat. Oh, shoot, we haven't rec- didn't recognize that was bad for us yet. And now it's being demonized, and so they are now mentioning trans fat. So they have made one update to their recommendations from the 60s. They also say that you should limit sweets and sugar-sweetened beverages. I couldn't agree more. If you choose to eat red meat, compare labels and select the leanest cuts available because, once again, we must limit our saturated fat. So that's what they're telling us. We want to eat lots of whole grains, which if you are paying much attention, you will recognize that whole grains are not all they're cracked up to be either. Now, there are, okay, there are levels, right? I should say grains are not all they're cracked up to be. We eat, the more processed the grain, the worse in terms of 
uh, impact on blood sugar and things like that. So a whole grain is less processed and therefore uh, a little better when it comes to that. But still, all those carbohydrates, we get too many carbohydrates, we get eventually a lot of glucose. We get a lot of glucose, we get glycogen. We get a lot of glycogen. That's awesome when you hit the gym and you're working out hard. But if you don't and you're hitting the couch and binge watching on Netflix, that glycogen becomes fat. Is fat good for or bad for our hearts? Yeah, so this list, low-fat dairy products, because, of course, low-fat, less saturated fat, right? Skinless poultry and fish, because why? Less saturated fat or less fat in general, right? So they're just tooting the same flipping horn they've been tooting for 60 years, and that is that fat makes us dead when it comes to our heart. But how wrong could they be? Well, let's talk about what the Mayo Clinic says. So I Googled a simple search term. Quite simple, actually. All I did is I searched for, is uh, margarine bad for your heart? Is margarine bad for your heart? The first thing that comes up, uh, you know how Google now, they put that box that's like a, a snippet of a website, so you don't even have to leave Google? That's that's because they don't want you to leave Google. But anyway, they have that snippet of a website, and you see that, and it has this little thing that oftentimes answers your question. Well, that snippet of a website was from Mayo Clinic, and the top line said, margarine usually tops butter when it comes to heart health. So I had to click on that because, well, it's a lie, and uh, it was written by Catherine Zeratsky, a, a registered dietitian and licensed dietitian. I'm assuming that's what the LD and the RD mean. Uh, and she is some sort of an expert because she has those initials behind her name. And she says, margarine is made from vegetable oil, so it contains unsaturated good fats, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated fats. These types of fats help reduce low-density lipoprotein. LDL, that's your bad cholesterol, when substituted for saturated fat. Butter, on the other hand, is made from animal fat. Doesn't that just sound bad? Doesn't it make you feel like you're being dragged down to the very pits when you hear that word animal fat? So it contains more saturated fat, and saturated fat is bad for you, right? Isn't it? Mmm, maybe not as much as they used to think. Because over the last, I don't know, 30 of those 60 years, we've discovered that they were wrong. In fact, I'll just tell you, as a kid growing up in a health food store, I was being taught for a long time that these people were wrong. Do you think that we ever had a stick of margarine at my mom's house? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Never. Because we laughed in the face of idiocy. And yeah, okay, so I'm not calling people who eat margarine an idiot. But what I am calling the people who recommend margarine and recommended it are idiots. And they are the experts. And so people listened. Lots of people listened. And then they did things that they should have never done. They substituted butter for margarine, which not only made their, taste, their toast taste horrible, but also was worse for their heart. So these claims are based on bad studies from a time that there weren't that many good studies in the first place, the 1960s. These studies have been reevaluated since then, and they've been proven to be wrong. Meta-analysis, that's where we take a bunch of studies and put them together and try and figure out what the truth really is, because any one study oftentimes can't stand alone uh, and really be claimed to be great science, and nobody 
feels that way, right? And yet the the American Heart Association is still facing all of that recommendation that they do on four studies that were done in the 60s that stink. They stink. So one study is a capsule of what we've determined through all these meta-analysis. And the reason I'm picking out one is just because it's so – the outcome is so big – and so I want to share it with you. Taking a sample of middle-aged Australian men who had either experienced a heart attack or suffered from angina. Half were advised to cut their animal fat, which is evil, intake and replace it with safflower oil, which is similar to sunflower oil, and safflower oil margarine, while the other half continued to eat as normal. If the unholy alliance of government nutritionists and the food processing industry were right, and margarine really was better for you, this is from the Daily Mail. They have some really great articles, by the way, if you're into reading about stuff from the British perspective. Uh, anyway, had they been, if, the, if they were really right and margarine was good for you and butter wasn't, as they'd been claiming for decades, you'd expect that the men who switched to safflower oil to live longer and have better health outcomes. The exact opposite turned out to be true. Those who ate more of the safflower-derived products were almost twice as likely to die from all causes, including heart disease. So again, I picked one study because it's pretty, it's a big contrast, I guess is probably the best way to put it. But the point is, study after study, meta-analysis after meta-analysis proves that saturated fat is not the demon that it's been made out to be, that butter is a much more health-promoting food than margarine. I did say promoting. I didn't say it's the lesser of two evils. There are actual benefits to butter, particularly uh, really good, clean, organic butter has a lot of nutrients in it that margarine simply does not. So the American Heart Association still trump, uh, trumpeting the same garbage they have for years. And guess what? Americans are still dying from heart disease left and right. I won't even get into cholesterol meds. I'll save that for another day. So what is the truth in my opinion? Because that's the truth in theirs. The truth in my opinion is that we need fat for a healthy heart. We need good, healthy fat for a healthy heart. And good, healthy fat generally consists of whole food sources of fat, which means that some animal sources of fat aren't that bad. Remember how much they've eggs were demonized in the 80s and 90s, and now all of a sudden they're okay because, well, maybe the cholesterol in eggs doesn't turn into body cholesterol and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, that's actually a great source of fat, too. So let's not – let's get away from this low fat makes you healthy because during the years that we believed that as a nation, we got more heart disease, more diabetes, more cancer, more of everything that kills us just about when we went low fat versus full fat food because the truth is that fat is more satiating meaning it satisfies us more right we feel more full we eat empty calories lots of carbohydrates we just want more they're addictive and so we eat more calories overall, even though they might be low calorie to begin with. And there's just a long list of reasons why that kind of logic doesn't work. Okay, so what's the truth? The truth is our heart needs certain things. 
It needs certain things. And this takes me all the way back to the first rant where I said nobody has a Prozac deficiency. Well, nobody has a diuretic deficiency either, a pharmaceutical diuretic. That's what they put people on that are dealing with high blood pressure, right? People that are dealing with uh, uh, CHF, uh, congestive heart failure, people that are dealing with these types of things, they have these uh, problems and so they put them on these diuretics and diuretics have one real big issue associated with them. I'll take this from WebMD. When we become too dehydrated from our diuretic medication, fluids may not be enough. So they say you should call your doctor if you're very thirsty and have a very dry mouth. Your pee is a deep yellow. I was really surprised they said pee on WebMD. Anyway, you aren't peeing much or get constipated. Or if you have a bad headache, you may feel dizzy or lightheaded, especially when you stand up. If your blood pressure has dropped too low or you're getting dehydrated, your blood chemistry can get thrown off. You could have too little or too much sodium or potassium in your system. This can make you tired or weak or give you muscle cramps or a headache. It's rare, but your heart may speed up over 100 beats a minute. Or you might start throwing up because of dangerously low potassium levels. Diuretics may make it harder for you to control your blood sugar, which can lead to diabetes if you don't already have it. You might be more likely to get gout. All you got to do is talk to one person who's had gout, and you don't ever want to get near one of those diuretics, even if it's a rare occurrence. Gout is awful stuff. But, I mean, come on. Did you hear that? All that stuff. And why are we doing it? We're doing it because we want to get rid of excess water. How do we get rid of excess water in the body? Do we really have to use a diuretic? Is it really this complicated? Because it's just a balance thing. You can read on WebMD. I don't have the time to go into it, but I read an article earlier today when I was prepping for the show that said that, uh, yeah, electrolytes play a really big role in water balance. Yeah, they play the ultimate role in water balance other than maybe water. So I've had people over the years, lots of them, that come in and they say, hey, I, uh, I have swelling around my ankles or I'm puffy in my fingers, or I just feel kind of bloated and distended after I eat, or I have all these different uh, kind of bloat and puffiness and things like that. And I said, are you, are you taking any electrolytes or any trace minerals? Oh, well, no, I'm not. Are you drinking enough water? Uh, no, not probably not. How much, I don't know. I drink two glasses a day. Isn't that enough? I, but I have four glasses of Diet Coke. All right. So I start to then educate. Okay. We don't want to consider Diet Coke to be water, for one thing, or to ever be something that should go into our body. But aside from that, we need to make sure we're drinking enough water. That's a big deal, right? Now, the, depending on who you ask, there's all kinds of recommendations. I usually tell people at least 50% of your body weight in ounces. You weigh 200 pounds, 100 ounces of water. You weigh 150 pounds, 75 ounces of water, that kind of thing. If that sounds like a lot of water to you, it means that you're probably not drinking enough water. You need to start making that happen. But also, water doesn't act alone. And we have this soil that we grow our food in that is depleted of minerals in a big, big way. So we need to make sure we get plenty of minerals back in. And so I recommend trace minerals added to your water. There are a couple of different ways you can do that, actually a lot of different ways, but I love one called Concentrate Trace Minerals. I use it myself, and it's fantastic because it gives you a lot of magnesium, which I'm going to talk about next, but it also gives you the other trace minerals that we're far uh, more deficient in than we probably think we are. And guess what happens when I recommend that or straight electrolytes? It depends on the individual what recommendation I'll make. Oh, the puffiness goes away. 
It's pretty amazing. Sometimes blood pressure goes down just by getting the right water balance. So when we, whenever we look at a health concern, I don't care what it is. We should always ask first, is there a deficiency I might have that might actually be creating this problem? And in the case of minerals, they play a huge role in the heart. The electrolytes literally create the impulses that make the heart beat. That's a big deal. If you have muscle cramping, if you have um, headaches, if you have anxiety, if you get cravings for chocolate, if you have difficulty sleeping, constipation, high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat, or even acid reflux, these are all deficiencies of just one simple mineral or, or all uh, symptoms that can be related Sorry, to a deficiency of one simple mineral called magnesium that the majority of us don't get enough of. In fact, it's believed now that maybe 70, 80% or even more of Americans are deficient in magnesium. And if you're taking a supplement called CalMag or calcium magnesium and you think that's giving you enough magnesium, it just isn't in the vast majority of cases because the calcium itself can create some magnesium depletion, which is the primary reason why we have magnesium in our calcium supplements. So we may need more, and we need those other minerals anyway. So I highly recommend at the very base of this heart health thing that we make sure we're getting enough minerals. It makes a big difference. If you have chronic muscle cramps, if you have anxiety, if you have uh, headaches, difficulty sleeping, constipation especially, please look into magnesium. Magnesium calms all of that stuff. It relaxes the muscle and nerve tissue, which means it can also relax the colon. It can relax the muscles around the head and neck and shoulders. If you have that tight, stiff, anxious kind of feeling up in that area, if you have tension, headaches, all those things can be related to just simply magnesium deficiency. You should at least rule it out before you take some sort of medical intervention in my opinion. Of course, my opinion does not trump your doctors. Okay, how about omega-3s? This is a biggie for me, a really biggie, because we live in Salt Lake City, Utah, or relatively close. We're not really surrounded by an ocean unless you consider the Great Salt Lake to be one, and it just isn't the best place to get seafood, is it? And so oftentimes, we just don't eat that much fish. Some people don't like fish. Some people don't want to afford fish, whatever it is. But the truth of the matter is, the vast majority of us are eating too many omega-6 fatty acids. That's the vegetable source fats and not enough omega-3 fatty acids. And if you go to Mayo Clinic, which I just disparaged in a little bit ago, all of these sites that I mentioned, WebMD, Mayo Clinic, they have good information and they have some not so good information, which is why I highly recommend you don't count on any one source, including me as your sole provider of information uh, and education when it comes to your health. But Mayo Clinic produced an awesome little, uh, well, not little page, about 20 web pages long of information where all it did is give you a little synopsis of all the studies that have been done on omega-3 and basically what it proves 
study after study after study after study is that you need somewhere in the neighborhood of two to 3,000 milligrams of omega-3 every day to give you a clinical benefit when it comes to your heart and cardiovascular system, when it comes to your brain, when it comes to inflammation and pain, when it comes to mental and emotional issues like anxiety and depression that we talked about before. If you're not covering those bases with just simple omega-3, you're missing the beat in a big way. And it is important when it comes to your heart health, especially. You'll notice a a little trend over the next eight minutes I'm on here talking about heart health, how all of these things that you do to take care of your heart also take care of so many other things. And your brain in particular, the heart and the brain are very much associated when it comes to the nutrients that are required to run both. And so it's a big, big deal. So how do we make sure we're getting enough omega-3? Well, if you want to try and get it in your diet, the cleanest way to get it, in my opinion, is going to be copious amounts of flax seeds, which most people will never eat that much, or salmon. And you're talking about a seven-ounce filet like three to four times a week at least. Some people say seven ounces a day, and most people just aren't going to do that, right? And then, of course, you've got to get the wild-caught Alaskan salmon because it's the clean stuff that actually has the high percentage of omega-3s. So supplementing omega-3s, in my opinion, is a must. And that's the question. Okay, so is one omega-3 fish oil capsule or two maybe a day good enough? Not in the vast majority of cases. In fact, the studies prove over and over again that you'd need seven to 11 capsules of a typical omega-3 fish oil per day to get enough. So what do you do? You get a concentrated fish oil. There are two that I love. I uh, There's one made right here in Utah that I love that's called Triple Strength Omega. Uh, it's made by a company called Nutrigold, and they have a uh, capsule that two per day gives you the minimum, three per day gives you what I consider the optimum dose for most people, and uh, it is a fantastic quality fish oil that comes out of Alaska. It's awesome stuff. There's another one that we actually put our label on called Vital 5 Omega that you take three a day to get you that minimum dose, but it also gives you coenzyme Q10, perhaps the most important antioxidant for your heart, and astaxanthin, which keeps all the fatty tissues in better shape. It's a powerful antioxidant, amazing for your eyes, amazing for your brain, amazing for your heart. And so this product has a combination of all three at a really uh, good value. So love both of those products there fantastic. Okay, now, uh, and then I mentioned earlier Udo's oil. Boy, I love Udo's oil. A tablespoon of that a day is wonderful for you as well and gets you right into that range that you want to be with your healthy fats if you're looking for a vegetable source and want to stay away from the fish sources um, of uh, omega-3s. All right, and we talked about magnesium. Let's go to the next one, one of my favorites, and I talk about it quite often. So if you've heard this before, I'm reiterating for you, but if you haven't, this is important. A guy named Dr. Ignaro won the Nobel Prize for medicine back in 1994, a long time ago, when he discovered how nitric oxide works in the blood to improve heart health. It's a big deal because nitric oxide is this stuff that just happens. It's a gas and it's pretty cool. When 
two different uh, ingredients. There are a few different things that do it, but two primary ones, arginine or citrulline, both amino acids, hit the endothelial wall uh, of the artery. They explode into a gas called nitric oxide. And when that nitric oxide explodes, it pushes against the uh, walls of the arterial system, uh, the vascular system, and it creates better blood flow. By doing that, over time, what Dr. Ignaro was able to prove is that they can, you can actually reverse vascular aging. That's a big deal, right? Because heart disease, by and large, is a disease that we get as we age, right? And as we're aging, our heart, our, 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 uh, our veins, our uh, vascular system becomes Uh, more brittle. It cracks. And then cholesterol has to fill in those cracks. And eventually we end up with plaque. And eventually we end up with strokes and heart attacks. And in my opinion, there is maybe nothing better outside of omega-3 that you can do for your heart than arginine and citrulline. And there's a product called InnoCardio Boost that I am completely in love with. I use it every day myself. It's fantastic stuff. And uh, I've seen really phenomenal results with people who have chosen to take a natural route to heart health with NO Cardio Boost. Okay, so there's a lot more, as always. I Even when I think I'm not as prepared as I should be for an hour-long show, I feel like I could do two hours. Maybe it's just because I talk too much. But if you'd like to listen to Vitality Radio, I sure appreciate it. Uh, if you like what you hear, go tell somebody. I want to build this audience as much as we can. Get people aware of the misinformation that's out there coming from places like the federal government, coming from places like the American Heart Association, coming from places like Mayo Clinic and WebMD, all of which can provide some good information too. You just have to sift through it to find the whole truth. And again, it's up to you to find the best truth for you and your family. I sure appreciate you listening to Vitality Radio. Thank you so much. Give us a call at 801-292-6662 or come visit me. I'll be there today after about 11 o'clock until 7 at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, 107 South, 500 West. You've been listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.